Thank you, Beto. Well, good morning again, everybody. The water's still warm, so if anybody wants to be baptized, we can still have them pull the tank yet. Well, let's have a, a first conversation this morning. Let's have, a, I want to take a little bit of a Thanksgiving poll, okay? Uh, yeah, I got it, yeah. Yeah, when, it's, when you start to see it seep over, we're in trouble. So I want you to evaluate your own personality and your mental makeup, okay? So let me give you some uh, opposites here. I wonder how many of you would describe yourself as a glass half full kind of person or a glass half empty kind of person, okay? So let me give you some examples. Do you tend to see the good in things, glass half full? Or do you tend, are you tend to maybe wired to notice what is bad in things, glass half empty? Are you someone who is prone to look for the positive in circumstances, glass half full? Or do you tend to focus on what is negative, glass half empty? You know, when it rains, like it did this past week, first time, I guess, in like seven months, are you bummed out by the fact that your car is now dirty after you just washed it, glass half empty, or are you excited and do you find yourself looking for the rainbow in the sky, glass half full? Would your friends describe you as an optimist, as someone who goes through life with rose-colored glasses? Or would your friends describe you as someone who is generally critical? You just call things the way you see them. Are you a person who is a glass half full kind of person? Or are you a person who is a glass empty kind of person? Well, today as we move into our Thanksgiving holiday this week, with God's help, I want to invite you and challenge you to try your best, again, with his help, to be a glass half full kind of person. And so the big idea that we're going to talk about today, if you're taking notes and you want to write this down, it's this. Expressing thankfulness is life-giving. Expressing thankfulness is life-giving. Church, today I'm inviting you to consider practicing this upcoming week thankfulness in three ways, okay? So the first way, point number one, is this. Write it down. The first way I want to encourage you to consider, with God's help, practicing thankfulness is to express your thankfulness with verbal words. Express your thankfulness with verbal words. Now look at the Bible verse in your notes under this first point. And if you, anybody need a program, just raise your, you guys have programs? Everybody have programs? Grab, your, grab a program. Look at these verses here under this first point. This is what we read out of 2 Samuel chapter 2. It says, Then the men of Judah came to David and crowned him king over the people of Judah. And when David heard that the men of Jab, Jabesh Gilead had buried Saul, he sent them this message. May the Lord bless you for being so loyal to your master Saul and giving him a decent burial. May the Lord be loyal to you in return and reward you with his unfailing love. And I too will reward you for what you have done. Now what's going on here? What's the context of this story? Uh, with a show of hands, how many of you have ever heard of the story of David and Goliath? Everybody know that story? 
David was this young shepherd boy. He went into the battle, into a battle against a giant Goliath and using only what as a weapon? Anybody remember? A slingshot and a stone. With the power of God whom he loved and served, he faced this giant of a man who had a big spear and like this, this you know, club that weighed like 25 pounds. And he really, Goliath was there to mock not only David, mock the, but the, mock the God of the Israelites. And David, with God's help, defeated this ugly giant. He defeated all odds. Hip, hip, hooray for, for David. Hip, hip, hooray for the underdog. Now, it's because of this victory, here's the context, it's because of this victory in part that David eventually became the king of Israel. Now, for those of you who are history buffs, you know that David wasn't Israel's first king, was he? Who was Israel's first king? We're told here. A guy by the name of Saul. Now, Saul, as you probably know, as well as David, in, the, in that day and age, in that history, time in history, it was a common practice for kings, whenever they would go into war, that they would join their troops in battle. Back in historical days, the king would put on his armor, and with his sword in hand, sometimes, often the times, accompanied by what was known as an armor bearer, a guy who kind of went before him with a shield and, and maybe some additional, you know, weaponry in case the king, you know, needed an additional spear or a club. That guy was there to help him. And right alongside, the king would fight alongside his troops. Now, in those days, how did the soldiers fight? Anybody remember? They certainly didn't use tanks, and they certainly didn't use airplanes, and they certainly didn't shoot missiles at one another, high-powered missiles. Rather, they fought how? Hand-to-hand combat, right? Face-to-face with swords and knives and spears and clubs and even maybe even slingshots. Well, on one of these battle fighting occasions, the Bible records for us in 1 Chronicles chapter 10 and 1 Samuel chapter 31 that as King Saul goes into battle along with his Israelite troops, the Bible tells us that King Saul is, is he's injured. And I wish I could tell you that King Saul's injury ended well, but as you probably know, it didn't. In fact, the Bible tells us, now stay with me on this, the Bible tells us that King Saul was killed in battle, and as the Philistine soldiers were making their way across the battlefield, stripping the dead of any valuables, because that was the spoils of war, right? Whoever would win, you would go and you would take their Rolex watch, and you would take their uh, leather sandals, and whatever the case may be. And when they came to King Saul and his dead sons, who had been fighting along beside him, and they identified them as persons of importance, do you know what the Philistines did to King Saul? Do you remember? That's right, Joe. They cut off his head. So they cut off King Saul's head. The Bible tells us that they, they then took that back to one of their Philistine towns. They hung Saul's head on a wall in their temple. And then they stripped Saul naked. They stripped the sons, his three sons naked. And they hung their bodies naked on, outside the city walls of Beth Shan. Make sure I got that right. Beth Shan. Now why would the Philistines do such a thing? Anybody know? It was dishonoring. It was a way to mock their enemy. It was a way to mock their, their, the God of, of their enemy. Really, it was, it was just their way to sort of their way to pump their chest and pound their chest and say, look at us. We, we are bigger than you. We win. Na, 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 na. Right? 
Well, the Bible tells us that a few Israelite warriors, when they heard what was done to their king and to this king's sons, they reassembled themselves and they traveled all night into Philistine territory and at the risk of their lives, the Bible tells us that these warriors, they took down Saul's body, they took down the body of his three sons from the walls of Bethshan and they gave him a dignity, a burial that was full of, of dignity. Which brings us to these verses. You know, when the news of, of King Saul's death became public, the ripple effect, the chain of events happened, is that the Bible tells us here that who they make their next king, their new king. David. David's made their next king partly because everybody knew him from this battle with David and Goliath. And Samuel had already previously anointed him with oil to be the next king. And so the Bible tells us that as King David, he, as he hears what's happened to the, the, this King Saul and his, his, the body and, and, the, and the activity of these warriors, the Bible says here, look at it, he sends messengers to extend his gratitude to the, to the warriors for their rescue of King Saul. Now, now so how did he send his message? Anybody know? How was the message generally sent during those days? It was done by courier. And, and you, can, you can read where David would give a message to Jabez, his general, and he would always send it. And usually it was delivered from mouth to ear and from ear to mouth. And so we can assume that when David sent this message to these, these warriors, these Jabez, these guys from, from uh, Jabez, that's that's the general area, to congratulate them for the work, work that they do, we can assume that it was a verbal. So here's my point. Church, how quick are you to compliment other people with your words? How quick are you to recognize and verbally say thank you to those who did something for someone else and not just for yourself. Are you someone who expresses thankfulness with words? You know, I've told you this before, but one of my favorite things to do when I'm going to compliment somebody, let's say, you know, Bev shared in her testimony that she works for Steve. So Bev helps me out. Maybe she does something nice, and I want to say thank you to her. Rather than just tell her privately, Rather than just maybe grab her if she's on campus here and say, hey, Bev, thanks a lot for what you did. I will intentionally wait until the people in her life, the significant people in her life, like, for example, her boss, Steve, who she referenced earlier, to be in the presence of her. And it's then that I will verbally express my thanks to her. Why? Who else gets to hear it? Steve her parents, her, the, the significant people in her life. And the impact of my verbal words to her in my opinion, I think it, it, it's bigger, and it feels cooler. I mean, how cool is it to be affirmed for something you did at work when your boss is standing right there with you, right? I think that's what we see here. It, it, so church, what I'm suggesting to you, to, to you today is that I think that you and I can honor God, and we can honor our neighbor every time we express our thankfulness with verbal words. And so this week, will you work on that? When you're at the store and you notice somebody, hey, would you like to, you've, you've all been in a, in a row where somebody will say, hey, you know, I only have a couple of, I have a whole cartload and you have a couple of things. Why don't, you notice it, right? You, you see, why don't you go ahead of me? Go up and just tap that person on the shoulder and say, thank you for, that was really cool what you just did. I just saw that. Way to go. Express thankfulness with your words. 
Why? Why do we want to do that? It's because expressing thankfulness is life-giving both for the giver and the receiver. Okay? Point number two. A second way that I want to invite you to consider this week with God's help to express thankfulness because it's Thanksgiving week is with written words. With written words. In your, in your program notes, there's a couple of verses there. One's from the book of 1 Thessalonians, and the second is from the book of Romans. Look at the first one from Thessalonians. This is what we read. It says, this letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And it says, we are what? We are writing, underline that word. We are writing to the church of Thessalonica, to you who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God give you grace and peace. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. And as we pray to our God and our Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have become because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at this. Who are Paul, Silas, and Timothy? Do you remember? They were early church leaders. And the Bible says that they're writing this letter to a group of Christians who are living in the city of Thessalonica. And in this letter, what are they affirming this young church for? What's it say here? Their faithful work, their loving deeds, and their enduring hope. So what's that mean? Well, it means they're expressing their gratitude with written affirmation for the ministry that this young church is having in their community, for the activities that they're engaged in, and for the positive expectant attitude with which they seem to be doing things, okay? So let me ask you this. So let's bring it to our today. Church, when was the last time that you wrote somebody a thank you note with written words? You know, when was the last time you... You know, you heard of some company. I've never actually even done that. Where I've heard of a company doing something really cool and to take, a, take the time to grab a, th- a, ri- a card and go, you know what, thank you for what you did. I think that's really cool. That's basically what Paul, Silas, and Timothy are doing here. You know, would you consider this coming week about being intentional about encouraging someone with written words? Would you write someone a thank you note? Look at the next set of verses in your notes. The Apostle Paul writes, he says, I'm writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. So what's going on here? Apparently, it's the work of these early Christians who live in Rome. They're doing the kind of ministry that other people are talking about, that other communities are noticing. And Paul is not just a first-hand witness, but he's hearing about it. And so he takes the time to, to, to write them this written note to say, thank you for what you're doing. Your reputation of what you're doing is reaching my ears. And I think that's really cool. So again, I ask you, when was the last time you wrote someone a written note? When was the last time you said, hey, you know what? I heard through the grapevine that... You know, I know I wasn't there, but I heard through the grapevine that you helped with or you did this or you did that. Way to go. Keep it up. Stay the course. Because God is using you to impact people's lives. So church, this week, will you write somebody a written thank you note? So let me help you with that, okay? 
up here in these stools, I have a bunch of thank you notes. So I'd like you to come up and grab one, grab two, grab five. So everybody come on, grab a card, grab, some, grab a, 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 an envelope. Let's go, everybody up, grab a card, and I want you to take a moment. I want you to take the next one minute, and I want you to write somebody a thank you note. Grab a card, grab an envelope, plenty to go around. Who are the people in your life that you'd like to say thank you to? Who did something this past week that maybe you noticed it, you were grateful for it, but you just, you know, so right, just right now, put, put the date at the top, 11-24-19. Say, dear whoever, fill in the blank, and just say, thank you for... Doesn't have to be complicated. One or two sentences. Thank you for. Could be a family member. It could be a coworker. It could be a friend here at church. It could be a coach of one of your kids. Maybe you want to write Mark a note for saying, Mark, thanks for being in the tank this morning with Bev. That was really cool. There you go. There's a, there's a freebie for you. Thank you for doing the laundry, honey. Every week, thank you. That's true. I throw it all in one, one. There are piles, apparently, when you do the laundry. So I think we can honor God, brothers and sisters, when we express thankfulness with our verbal words. We honor God with his help when we express our thankfulness with written words. And the, finally, the last thing I just want to encourage you to consider this week during this Thanksgiving week, point number three in your notes. I want to encourage you to express your thankfulness with prayerful words. With prayerful words. Ephesians 1, verses 15 and 16, you have this in your program. We read this. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. I pray for you constantly. You know, friends, when you survey the landscape of relationships in your life right now, who are you thankful for? You know, I, specifically, I want you to think of someone who you're proud of. Who are you proud of? Are you proud of your son or your daughter? Maybe you're proud of your spouse if you're married for something they did. Maybe you have a parent that, man, you know, you're just grateful for maybe something that they've done, the way they gave you an opportunity or laid the groundwork for you to be who you are today. You know, maybe you have a friend who recently did something that you're thankful for. Survey, just through your mind, think through. Who are the people in your life who, who, who have invested in you? Who are the people in your life who, who you're thankful for? You know, who's had an impact on you in a demonstrative way? Or maybe equally, when you survey the people in your life, who have you noticed having an impact on others? Like, think about it. Who are the people in your life? When you, look at their, when you look at their story, when you look at their activities, you go, man, that's so cool what you did there. And they just have a rhythm for doing. 
this past, I'm going on vacation this week after the service today. And for those of you who know, uh, there's a bit of a, we have a, we're in a, a there's some transition right now taking place at our police department. And I've been on the fence for about three weeks whether or not I want to write something about it as a, past, as a pastor and as a police chaplain, and, I, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna write a blog, and I'm just gonna say that the title of my blog is Thank You, Chief. You know, I've had the opportunity, Costa Mesa, the city of Costa Mesa has had 10 police chiefs, and I've worked with nine of them. And number one, I know as well. So all 10 chiefs. And the, being, a, being a chief, a police chief, is hard. It's no different than a lot of other jobs that we do. And so there's some risks to this. If I write something, I know there, there will be a fault. There will be a little bit of fallout. And so I've been seeking counsel on that. But my point is, I want you to pray for me this week as I spend time in Palm Springs, tough place to be, on vacation. But half of my time, I'm just, I've already been like two weeks, I've just been kind of thinking through, Lord, what do you want me to say that can be uplifting, that can be affirming, that can be hopefully bring people together and not draw lines in the sand? And that's going to require the, the it's going to require lots of discernment. But my point is, we honor God when we are thankful with prayerful words. And part of my words as I step into even this written note, so to speak, is to pray about it. So who are the people who, who have had an impact on, on your life? Because our outgoing police chief has had an impact upon my life, and I want to say thank you. So here's how we're going to close our service today. I want you to think of some, one person who's had a demonstrative impact upon your life, okay? Everybody have that person in your mind? Now, I'd like you to just close your eyes for a second just to tune everybody out. And I want you to just, in prayer, just from, this, from your heart, I'd love for you to petition the ear of God right now. And with the prayer of thanksgiving, thank God, our Heavenly Father, and express your thankfulness to Him for this person. Just say, thought God, thank you so much for... Thank you for the way they, and maybe it's not directed at you. Maybe it's directed at somebody else. Who are you thankful for? And then with a prayer of thanksgiving, I want you to pray this in your mind, in your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, with, the, with an attitude of thanksgiving, I'm thanking you in advance for the way you are going to pour out your favor upon this person. God, I'm, I'm gonna, I thank you in advance for the way that you're going to fill their cup up right now. God, I thank you in advance the way you're, for the way you're going to continue to use their testimony, both in actions and in words, to have an impact upon the people around them. Now just say thank you. Tell God what you're thankful for about this person. What are those character qualities that you love about this person? Express our thankfulness to God with prayerful words. Express our love for this person on their behalf 
with thankful work. So church, super simple. Super simple talk today. But this Thanksgiving week, I'm urging you to be intentional about adopting a mindset of thankfulness. Be a half glass full kind of person. Focus on what's good, not what's on bad. When you sit down at the Thanksgiving meal and you have a dish that doesn't taste very good to your palate's liking, thank the person for taking the effort to make the dish in the first place. When your mom says to you, so do you like it? Go, mom, thank you for making, thank you for the love you poured into this dish. Focus on the positive. Be intentional about expressing your thankfulness with verbal words. Be intentional about expressing thankfulness with written words. And be intentional about expressing your thankfulness with prayerful words. For brothers and sisters, not only will you honor God and uplift somebody else, but the best part, not the best part, but a great byproduct of your thankfulness is that your life will be impacted too because expressing thankfulness is life-giving. Amen? Let me close with a prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you so much, Father, for your love for us. Thank you for the work that you are continually doing in our lives in spite of us. We thank you for the testimony that we saw and heard this morning with Bev as she proclaimed her love for you by being baptized. And we thank you, God, for the way you're going to continue to grow her and develop her and mold her into the woman you want her to be and are calling her to be. Lord, we pray that this week that there will be something just uniquely overpowering about Bev in a subtle way. That people will go, what's up with you? You just seem to be a little bit more cheerful, if that's even possible. Lord, use her testimony to say to people, just through her actions and through her, her kindness, that she is a child of yours. Bless her, we pray. Bless this church, we pray. Help us this week to be thankful, we ask in Jesus' name. Would you say amen? 